You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hi, welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. Uh, this week's episode was actually recorded at the photography show a couple of weeks ago. It's myself and Glenn, and uh, we were able to room again like the old days, so we decided we're going to test out our brand new DJI microphones that we bought at the show. And I have to say, I'm so impressed with them. Just the way they work, the way they work, how easy they are to use. Um, I like the little magnetic clips, the fact that it comes with um, a little adapter to go into your USB-C phone or lightning. Um, I'm going to be using these a lot. I'm off to Adobe Max next week, or this week actually. I'm flying out to San Diego to be with co-host Alan Hess, so uh, we'll be recording an episode together um, for the very few rare times we get to be in the same room. Um, but we're both going to be there and uh, really looking forward to it. I'm going to be teaching a session in Russell Preston Brown's pre-con, um, which is great for me because I've always wanted to teach at Max. And uh, although it's not a, an actual session session, um, to be able to do something for Russell, to be invited by Russell is a huge honour. So looking forward to doing that. Um, also just wanted to give a quick shout out to kind of a, an unofficial sponsor for the next couple of shows so a friend of mine um, is a fantastic designer called Sean Moore he's just set up this really cool business called Away Days uh, it's casual wear uh, he's just released uh, four t-shirts um, the website is awaydays.co um, Sean's such a good guy he's so hard working I uh, really love the bloke and he's brought out these really cool t-shirts now I've got a couple I'm going to be wearing them at Adobe Max um, but if you go to his website awaydays.co sign up for the newsletter you get 10% off um, also he chucks in some sticker really cool stickers with each order um, they're really good quality I've had my two delivered uh, so I'm going to wear them at Adobe Max the ultimate away day um, but yeah, just wanted to give a big shout out to Sean. He's a small business. Um, he's got a couple of kids and I'm all for supporting people who are trying to make a go of it. And like I said, he's an awesome designer. Uh, I've known him for a few years now. So if you love football or you just like really cool casual sportswear, check out waydays.co and uh, and thank Sean for, for your support as well. So um, that's it from me. I'm going to hand it over to, to me and Glyn. Uh, recorded at the Moxie Hotel uh, just outside the NEC at the photography show. Um, I've got another episode lined up afterwards with Ian Paget from Logo Geek. Uh, that's going to be a two-parter because um, we really got dug deep on that one. And it was quite a long episode, so that'll be to follow. And like I said, there'll be an episode uh, all around Adobe Max as well with Alan. So thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate your support and uh See you soon, but for now I'm going to hand over to uh, myself and Glyn. I'll catch you in a bit. You're a pro now. I am. Hello and welcome to a very special limited edition version of He Shoots, He Draws in an environment that was conducive <laughs> to He Shoots, He Draws being formed. It was. We're currently sat in the Moxie Hotel in Birmingham at the NEC on a Sunday evening, uh -huh. and a cup of tea, <laughs> we're rooming together like the old days. Um, we just Actually, it... it's not like the old days. These beds are a little bit closer. Oh, uh, yeah, they are. They're, <laughs> they're very small, they're a little bit close. They're so close together, you can barely get your hand between the two beds. Two beds. It, it's, all, it's almost like a double bed with two single quilts, but it's cosy, it's compact and bijou, um, <laughs> but nothing touched. 
so yeah, we're at the photography show, and uh, the last time Glyn and I kind of did this was a year ago. We've seen each other once in the past year. That's when crazy. That's yeah. crazy. But this time last year was the the most time we kind of spent together mm -hmm. like this, yeah, which yeah. a lot of people find weird. But it's crazy that that year has gone so quick. I know, mad. Um, you've been down in Devon for two years now. That's hard well, to believe already. I know. Yeah. Um, so we just thought we'd um, have a little chat and talk about the photography show and things that have been happening for us lately. Um, today's been the second day of the photography show. Sadly, uh, tomorrow it's closed for the Queen's funeral. Yep. Um, and then it's back on again Tuesday. So we're only getting the three days of the four. But we've done two full days. Mm -hmm. um, you came up early yesterday morning. Now, you, you're actually not speaking this year, are you? No, it was, um, we've got a few things going on, good things going on, personal, me and Anne, and I, we, the way things were panning out was I didn't think I was going to be here. Yeah, you were going to be so, on holiday, weren't you? We were going to be, yeah, we were, actually, we were going to go over to Norfolk and have a bit of time, mm. because I've never been over there, really, so, so we weren't really going to be there, and it was only fairly shortish time before the event happened that I changed plans, and it was a case of, right, no, I am going to be there. Yeah. Um, and I've been, apart from doing like a book signing in Rocky Nook, which has been great to see those guys again after yeah. three years. Yeah, I know. Which is mad. So it's nice to catch up with Ted, especially. Dana yeah. was obviously there. Um, so I've done that, and we've done the live uh, podcast with yourself and Kaylee, which yeah. might be Kaylee Greer, which you'll, you'll likely mention. But it's been nice just being here at the show, having that time to kind of go around and, and have the social catch up with people I haven't seen for a while. Yeah. But also have, I've had some really good meetings that I would not, I, I didn't come you here expecting yeah. Well, I didn't even expect to have those meetings. Things have happened because I've had time to, time to chat with people. Those, that's generated, right, we need to have a talk about this, this and this. And yeah. um, it's, it's been really beneficial. So I've, I've kind of like been here as, as like an attendee, and it's yeah. nice to see it from that side, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's the big thing. I've, I've had a couple of people come up and interview me for their podcasts, mm. and kind of asking the similar questions is, how's the show been? Uh, what's like your takeaway? Why do you like coming and working here? And as a, because of, because of the nature of the show, there's a big part of it is there's gear, um, and there's, there's uh, presentations going on. But mm. for me, it's the people thing. It's the having the time to develop new relationships, to continue old relationships, to catch up a yeah. year on for, with a lot of people. You know, I'd have probably thought when you said, if you'd have said that there, maybe two years ago, or three years probably now, if you'd have talked about, oh, it's all the relationships, yeah. I'd have been like, oh, that's so corny. Yeah. But because we had it forced on us that we couldn't see people, yeah. now that we can, and this is only the second show since all the COVID kind yeah. of landed in our lives, it, and we don't, there's people here that we're really fond of and we get on well with, but you don't see them every, you know, No, we, we only see, we've got friends that we do only see at the show. Um, David McClellan. That brilliant. You know, he's yeah, all, he's yeah. always a bonus and yeah. very, very kindly, uh, because he's the voice of the intro <laughs> yeah. that we have mentioned before, when he can, he comes on stage and he does the live introduction for us. Yeah. And I music. got bonus for me <laughs> as a guest co-host. I got the drum roll. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, Glyn's never had the drum roll. I always get the drum roll. So it's lovely for David yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. And like I said, Katie was a good guest. But again, even for me. You know, there's there's certain people I only see, like Gavin Hoey. You know, I only Brilliant. see him at the show. Doesn't he's, he look well? He looks great. He's lost a ton of weight. Yeah. Not a ton of weight. He didn't have loads to lose, no. lose anyway. But 
He's looking he's, lean and he's mean. Looking, he looks younger, annoyingly yeah. younger. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. And I said to, to him, uh, another thing, uh, like the people's lives change and, and how they create content and what they do changes. Gavin, Gavin Hoey, H-O-E-Y, mm. uh, he's got a great TikTok channel. He has, and you, you know what? He, he never fails to not have a good audience. Yeah. Because people, know, they know what they're going to get with Gavin. Yeah. Gavin could, Gavin could keep, teach you how to do the same thing day after day after day, but it's the way he's engaged. Yeah. He makes it entertaining and he, ma- he breaks it down. So it's, I mean, his examples today were bang on. Yeah. You can tell, although he makes it look like, oh, let's try this logic. You know he's rehearsed. You know, he knows yeah. his stuff. But he's just, he is just one of, he's one of the good guys. Yeah, he's, he's, guys. he's like a relaxed pro. He, yeah. He makes you like, what's going to happen next? What's yeah. gonna... And he always gets me up on stage to do something. And the, and the stage, it's like with Kaylee, like I said today, the stage Gavin that you see, yeah. that nice, happy, but that's the off stage Gavin that we get to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, good guy. Very yeah. good guy. And uh, like with the exhibitors and having that gap, is so much changes as well mm. in, in the development of tech. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. you come here three years ago, and something's brand new and three years on it's maybe like not even talked about anymore and the technology moves on so it's a, it's a good way of catching up with what's new mm. what's coming and kind of understanding like why new products are out so mm. we're currently sat in a room with um dji mics yeah yeah, yeah. The new um, who mic are more most known for drones Drones, gimbals, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, but they've got these new mics, so we've got them. We're testing them out. Um, we're, we're not even. I'm not gonna, even going to edit the quality. We were going to. Um, so Glenn's been doing. He's Glenn's got. A, I'm going all over the place here. Don't worry about it. Glenn's got a video on YouTube uh, about this new Adobe product called Shasta, which is about audio mm. quality and, and. Yeah, it's a vo- uh, the, the, it's a three part project. The three bits to it. The vocal enhancer. Yeah. Is the bit that's now become publicly available. So it's uh, it's not for music. It's purely for voice recordings. Yeah. That that voice recording could also be in a video as long as you can export the video the the audio put that into Shasta then put it back. It is. It's just mind blowing. It's yeah. exciting the way that it does it. But yeah. if you haven't seen the video, check it out. Um, but it's it's basically take can take poor quality audio. You know, audio like my, my uncle sent me an audio recording that was done in the eighties on a reel to reel of a war. A and it's in veteran. the video, isn't it? It's in yeah. the video as an example of what it can do. The quality is shockingly bad, and because of how it was recorded all those years ago, it's only getting worse. Yeah. But I put it through Shasta. And you would honestly believe that had been recorded today in a booth with a really great yeah. mic. Now, with that one, occasionally there's the odd word that seems to cut off yeah. fairly quickly, like the noise gate's a little bit too severe. But this is like the beginning of this software. I mean, I, Alan, you know, Alan, yeah. our friend, your co-host, yeah. you know, mainly for the podcast, uh, you sent me some audio where Alan's audio was... His mic might have been good, but it was picking up on his air con, yeah. you know, in the background kind of thing, his air conditioning thing. Put it through Shasta. And oh it was my rich God. and warm. Unbelievable. I mean, he's got a great voice anyway, yeah. isn't he, Alan? But it just removed the background noise and it was just incredible. Yeah. Absolutely what incredible. What I love about it was stuff like that, especially as more and more tech is becoming more accessible mm. and gear is becoming less uh, daunting mm-hmm. for people, is yeah. it's we're kind of overcoming that snobbery of 
you're only going to get good quality if you're a professional at it. Yeah. Um, and I'm better than you, and like you deserve poor quality because because you're not a programmer, understand it. Mm. But now it's given people the opportunity to like get that old audio and save it and get it into a digital world and yeah. enhance it and share it and probably probably more so. We've been you know we're, we're in a, we're in a week where as we record tomorrow's the Queen's funeral, mm. and I think it's made a lot of people think about history and family and heritage and their own mortality stuff. And, yeah. stuff as well, yeah. and you know we've got these things from our past you know the queen's lucky she's got hours and months and years of footage of mm. her life and we've got little snippets and little bits of old um like old 1980s video those little video cassettes yeah, yeah, where yeah. people have now got the opportunity to go back and enhance this stuff for their children that's right to watch and this, this is genuinely tracks. this is generally software for everybody because generally you get you know there'll be some new software there'll be some hardware that comes out and it's oh that's for people who do xyz yeah this is for everybody because it doesn't matter what you do in life you know i mean prime example my i never got to meet my father-in-law he, right. he passed away a year before i met Anne, but i know that Anne, one of Anne's brothers has got a recording where if you rang them and they weren't in Anne's mom and dad recorded a we're not here at the moment, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And it's just the sweetest message. Now, Dave, who's got that recording, we're gonna, I'm going to see if I can get a hold of that so that we can put it through Shasta so then Anne's dad's voice is enhanced yeah. and we can hear it so much clearer. And and that, that kind of stuff is where technology is just like, that is just the best. Yeah. You know, we, that, is, that is so important to be able to save those kind of things in the quality they are because it yeah. will sound like he was actually there recording it now yeah. you know? it's just wonderful stuff well i remember one of the things that this is a little bit more pro but yeah. i thought it was a really really lovely outcome to something that was a necessity was i went to see top the new top gun film maverick that, yeah. no. it's really good there's some lovely callbacks to the original film yeah. it's a it's a worthy follow-up it's really good the way they've connected it to the first yeah, film yeah. um but there's, and they wanted to try and, try and bring back characters from the first. Kelly McGillis isn't in it, right. but they were trying to connect it. And one of the key people in the original film is Iceman, Val played Kilmer. by Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. And obviously Val Kilmer suffered from really ill health. He's got throat cancer. He can't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really lovely the way they wanted to get him back into the film. Now, the thing is, is they didn't give him a lot of dialogue. And the reason being is because he can't talk. Mm. So what they did was they took his dialogue from as many other sources, films that he'd done, and they ran it through this kind of AI system. Which um, could possibly be the stuff we saw as a sneak. At yeah, like a sneak. Ago, five years ago. And, and that's kind of what it was. So mm. they, took, they took his audio... And they were able to make, like the Stephen Hawkins always had that American yeah, you computer knew it was voice. Yeah, generated voice. They were yeah. able to, to get an, uh, like an AI version of Val Kilmer's actual voice. Wow. And they were able to make the dialogue for the film so he could say the few words that he said. I would not be said. surprised if that was the software we saw yeah. sneak preview But of. what was lovely was because they spent that time and money on it, I mean, I'm, I've, I, this is what I've read, yeah, and I yeah. don't. it's the only reason why it wouldn't be true. Yeah. Um, they actually donated it to his family so that when Val Kilmer wants to communicate with his family, he doesn't have to do it with a Stephen Hawking's kind of voice. He's got his voice wow. back because when he types out the words, the computer reads it out in his voice 
that this system's been able to create. Can you imagine that? I mean, and for that to be some software that, and that to be accessible to everybody that yeah. ordinarily speaks through those computer-generated voices. Yeah. Because I, I remember when I was a kid, I had a, my first computer was an Amstrad. Yeah. And I'll never forget, they had a voice synthesizer thing. It was called the SSA1. Right. And if you wanted it to talk, you'd, I think you'd do like print, you'd say something like print hash nine, and then you'd write the words out, and it'd go, hello, my name is like that. <laughs> but imagine if you could actually have it sampling your own voice, to, yeah. which is what this is. Or a loved one. Yeah, uh, for the person you... communicating, how good to know that you're hearing their voice. Yeah. I mean, someone like Eddie Kidd. You know, I mean, yeah. for, those, for those who aren't from, like, the UK and they're not as old as me and Dave, you know, back like in the England's day... England's evil Knievel. He was. Yeah, he was England's evil Knievel, you know. He was just a legend. And he had a terrible accident. And, you know, almost, well, he pretty... He must have brought him back from death kind yeah. of thing. But he can't speak. But to have him be able to do that would be amazing. Yeah, the, and, and I can see it in... You know, if we think back 5, 10, 15 years ago... And even just think of the iPhone yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. which is still like 2022, uh, 20, 2002. Well, that was the first one. No, but 2002 is 20 years ago. It yeah, doesn't yeah. seem that long ago. Yeah. But in 2002, could we ever believe the technology we have on our phone? You're joking. No. 4K video, mm. stabilisation, access to everything on the internet, apps that can create content streaming services like you know being able to broadcast live worldwide. and what we have today is the least we will have <laughs> yeah because tomorrow it'll get more it'll be better and more and yeah. More. yeah yeah because yeah. um, uh, i said today to someone about the old sat I, mean, I think it's probably changed now because of the advancement of technology is i remember there was a time where the newest camera available today will be the worst camera available in five years time oh yeah yeah because of the advancement, it does make you wonder where where it will stop. Will it all become too much? It'll, Which, it'll never stop, but I think as individuals, we need to learn where we need to stop and where yeah. we need to draw that side. Right, I've got what I want, but yeah. that'll never happen with me because eventually something new will come out. I go, actually, do you know what? That might be seeming gimmicky, but I can use that. Yeah. And then you want the next best thing, and because it is advancing at an exponential oh, rate yeah, compared yeah, yeah, to what yeah. it was five years ago, yeah. and now like stuff's coming out all over the place, which brings us onto the subjects of something we were talking about earlier mm. was um, the necessity of upgrading. Yeah. The the needs the, this needs to upgrade and have the newest thing, and you mm. said something really interesting about um, it kind of needing to have the most up-to-date of everything is, is stifling creativity. So what did yeah. you kind of mean it, about it? It was all to do with the fact that, because, you know, obviously I'm really working hard on my YouTube channel now and I am thoroughly enjoying it. It isn't work. I'm just really enjoying it and the process of what I'm doing and putting the videos out and the response I'm getting. But I am, I am having more success now and I'm producing more and I, I think better content, especially the feedback I'm getting tells me that. Mm. I'm getting that now because... I'm not, I mean, what we talked about was me sort of not searching for perfection or hunting for perfection yeah. with everything I do because um, when I first thought, right, I'm going to just go for it now with the YouTube channel, I thought, right, I've got to have this camera, I've got to have this audio, I've got to do this, do that, and have all this stuff. I mean, I was using like a Sony A7S III, you know, I mean, that is a cinematic camera, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just unbelievably good quality camera. So I had that. 
you know, I, I'd got to use the FX3. Again, it's a cinema kind of line camera. Yeah. Then I'd, I'd, all this equipment that I had, and because it was so much of an effort to take it out, eventually, you thought, with the best one in the world, you're like, I just can't, you know what yeah. I mean? It was just too much. So over time, over certainly since, since I moved to Devon, which is when I really started to think, I need to do more with this. When I first moved there, that's the kit I was using. And over the last two years, that's got less and less and less. And over the last six months, which is when I've been really going for it, yeah. the kit I now use to produce my YouTube videos is the least kit I have ever used, and it's the most accessible kit. So, you know, what, what used to come in a camera bag is now in something the size of a pencil case. Yeah. But I know, actually, in the next week, two weeks, it's actually going to be even less, but the production value is going to be better. And the, the, the amount of content I can produce will be more. Yeah. Because it's, it's easier to produce it. You know? Yeah, you can create it quicker, edit it quicker, access it quicker yeah, and yeah, edit yeah. it quicker. There was, uh, we, when we were chatting before we actually started to record this, and there's little things, we, oh, we must mention that much. And then yeah. One of the things I said was about that, this phrase, making your footage to look cinematic. Yeah. There's this obsession with like, you know, you, the GoPro Hero 10, the 11 that's now coming out, because Techtober is amongst us, you know, where the yeah. new kit comes out. So how to make the footage from the GoPro Hero 10 on Hero 11 and the DJI Pocket 2, how to make it look cinematic. Searching how to do that and being obsessed with making it look cinematic, it's going to hold you back. Yeah. It's not. It's just, I always, you know, so it did me anyway. Put it yeah, that way. I look at with, with that tech is people who, who paint, people who paint portraits, Yeah. okay, how do they know when to stop painting? And it's like, at what point do you just stop adding that last dab, that last little tweak, mm. that last little brush stroke? There's got to come a point where you've got to draw a line under it and go, I know there's people say, like, done or perfect. Mm. Um, and then with, with tech, it's like, well, how much, how much further are you going to push the envelope? Keep pushing, 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 pushing for perfection for, for a seven-minute video you on will, YouTube. You, and the thing with perfect, perfection is... You'll never get perfection. Yeah. You never will. Because I mean, your a idea of perfection is different to someone else's Exactly. Idea. And I, a, a case in point is the day when I was walking through the show, there's a guy I know called Stuart Wood who lives in, the, in Staffordshire yeah. who over the last couple of years has really seemed to found his niche in what he's doing. And he, he really is he's kind of like becoming the go-to guy for, for macro yes, photography. Yeah. So he's got a YouTube channel. And we were chatting today and I said, hey, how's it going? And it... You could see that he was a little bit frustrated because he was saying, oh, I need to get this camera and I need to get that one because there's a rolling shutter on that one. I said to him, well, Stu, I said, is that the camera you're using for doing the actual photos and stuff? He said, no, no, it's for the B-roll. I said, why are you obsessed about that then? Well, it's because it looks bad. I said, but have you, have you had feedback? Have you had comments from people saying, I'm watching your stuff on macro, which is brilliant, but that camera you're filming it with is a rolling shutter. He said, well, no. I said, well, then why, why yeah. worry about it? Do you know what I mean? I see you've just shown me your iPhone there, which you tell me you do filming on. The content you've got is great. Just film it. And it's like the more obsessed he's become with wanting it to be that way. And I understand why. Yeah. He actually said to me he'd recorded loads of video content, looked at it, and he wasn't happy with the rolling shutter, so he never posted it. That's just, mate, I said, you're holding yourself back. This perfection, yeah. this hunting for perfection is holding you back. There's a phrase that Peter McKinnon, who says... With YouTube, you just got to feed the beast. Yeah. Feed the beast. And that doesn't mean just churn out any old rubbish week on, week out. It means produce content 
that's good that's good and it's people can get something from it but don't be obsessed yeah with it's got to be the best quality it's got to be cinematic it's got to be color graded yeah. it's got no just Let, get the content let's out let's be honest like let's look at how we consume content these days yeah. and um, and obviously video is becoming more prominent oh you massively know, I, yeah. I said in, in a post the other day um, I think I said it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about uh, Instagram mm. now TikTok was obviously the, the app of the pandemic it, it, it's like uh, where Vine a few years ago was like that 15 seconds of video and people were really creative TikTok oh, yeah. TikTok's that. now like a minute and three minutes kind of, I think in some cases TikTok's even offering 10 minutes right but for the most part I can I consume the minute or the three minute stuff yeah and people are good at getting the content mm. now go on Instagram um, and this is kind of like a test close your Instagram down and start it afresh on your phone mm. and count how many posts you scroll through before you yeah. reach an image yeah, yeah and yeah. you'll notice that the first bunch of con I mean you have to be or following a lot of people <laughs> yeah if yeah. you only follow three people that it doesn't matter but if you've got like a good amount of people you follow mm. you'll find that you're consuming video and ads mm. before you're really getting a lot of images yeah and you you kind of don't realize that you're that you're instantly consuming video and i think that's because there is no effort when watching a video it's like you know you Years ago, when we were kind of like starting off and doing yeah. stuff, the, the big thing then was you know writing blog posts. You know, yeah. and I do still write them, and I know friends who write them as well. But there is an effort involved in reading a blog post. Yes, some people prefer it, but there's no denying it. To to digest a video, yeah. there is no effort. You know, no. I mean, you can you know like the YouTube shorts are a minute long or yeah. a part of a video. You can come down in the morning for your, your cup of tea or whatever, and you press play. Whilst that kettle's boiling, you'd be dying, you're watching a bit of the video, that's finished, then you have a cup of tea and go out. Yeah. You've had to do nothing different apart from stand there waiting for the kettle yeah. to boil. And the content has to be good enough to mm. hold you for the minute. Oh, absolutely, well. that's, that's key. If yeah. it's dull and boring. Yeah. So now that the fact that we are consuming it on Facebook stories, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can repurpose the same video across yeah, of course, all four yeah. because of the yeah. 1080 by 1920 format. Yeah. But we actually now it's like the thing with Joe McNally said with the photograph of his feet. Mm. Um, you know, oh, on look, the Burj Khalifa. Look thing, how yeah. quickly we. You know, you take a fan. You go out. You take this amazing, beautiful image. Mm. Um, I'm going to look at it for about seven seconds on Instagram and move on. Mm. I'm not going to analyze it. I'm not going to worry about colour grading or, or retouching it. I'm going to go, that's a nice picture. Oh, look, there's a puppy. Oh, look, there's a... We consume content so quickly mm. that you could, like you say, if you overthink and overspend, and it's actually co social social consumption mm. content, um, we're only watching the video for the minute. I don't think I... I don't think I've... If anything, if I've ever consumed any kind of content... It's the audio. It's the yeah. audio for me that spoiled the experience. Yeah, well, yeah. Not yeah. the video. But that's that saying, isn't it, that we've, I think you might have mentioned it a few times. I know we've spoken about it. If you want good video, get better audio. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. That, there is, that is the key. 
I hope this audio is good on ours, by the way, with this so, DJI. <laughs> well, this is a test for DJI. I was going to say earlier, I'm not going to do anything with this audio. I'm going to use it raw, straight out of this. This is going to be the audio for the podcast. Yeah. So this is a test as to how good this audio dun, is. Dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> and then I will run it through Shasta to see if there is a difference. If you need to. For a personal experience. I don't know if there's, it doesn't sound like there's any kind of echo in this room, but if no. you do, then that will get rid of it anyway. Yeah, the test we did was good. But yeah, so like creating content, especially for you because your YouTube channel channel's really picking up now yeah i'm really happy um, with it i'm loving your it. editing is you know we are gonna we are actually going to record a podcast episode about glenn's youtube experience mm. and how you've had a shift in your content yeah. but just for this one with your content creation your editing is very good Thank um you. the way you're keeping into that kind of digestible interesting enough to me for me to want to see because whenever i see a video I make a decision at the beginning. Yeah. Am I? Do I care about what I'm going to see? That first the end? fifteen seconds. Yeah. Have got to grab, and that's not just like a that's a YouTube thing. It isn't at all. Mm. I actually saw a video, believe it or not, a couple of days before I came here. Uh, I got. I just couldn't sleep the one morning, so I got up really early. And I was watching this one video, and it was, it was basically a video somebody put together about intros to movies, different genres of movies, but how do they grab the viewers? attention in those first opening scenes yeah so they sh they showed bits things like the bond films and stuff like that uh, and there was a lot and it was a really really good video i'll see if i can find the link yeah. so people won't watch it and that's exactly the same as what we've got with the youtube videos do you know what i mean if you sort of start off and you, and you press play and the first thing you see is someone just sat there going hello today i'm going to yeah. It's like, oh my God, this Why is going to look at a photo shop <laughs> and and that that first 15 seconds to be to be punchy or to grab that person's attention it doesn't involve you having to play the fool and stuff no. like that it just it's hard to describe it really is and i can't say oh you would do it this particular way but if you watch enough good channels like the peter mckinnon's like yeah. the casey neistat's you know those kind of things that's certainly what i like anyway yeah. you can see I like that style. So once you get to an idea of how, how to pull somebody in and then follow it up with the remainder of the video, the content being yeah. as good, it, it's just great. I, I am, I, I said to you over the last couple of days, I am the right headspace for YouTube. Yeah. It's not a job, it's not an effort. And in fact, now that it's easier to produce the content because I've not stressed about being cinematic yeah. and being the best quality, although the quality is really <laughs> good, it's kind of, it's just enjoyable. The more I produce, the more ideas I come up with. Yeah. That's, that's certainly how it feels. And like we were talking about, it's not just off the cuff. Because if, if it's one thing oh, it drives me mad on the whole video thing mm. is when people decide, I, do you know what, I'm out on a, I'm out on a walk, I'm going to go live on Facebook with no preparation, yeah. no real point to what you're saying, you just feel the need to be live. The camera's pointing up your nose. Mm. The audio is awful because it, it can hear you walk in and the wind and... Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's enough to, to put me off. Where with, with the videos that tend to catch, catch me are... It feels like they start me off with a, asking me a question. Haven't you ever noticed? Have you ever wondered... Don't you think? Have you ever? Do you you know? Would you like this? I always feel like the videos are luring me in at the beginning because I'm thinking, yeah, actually I do, and now I want to see it. Now what I don't like are videos that are kind of, hey, 
I'm going to tell you the secret to the blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then I've got to sit through seven minutes of you waffling about nothing to mm. tell me the thing at the very end yeah, that yeah. isn't a good payoff. Mm. But you want to keep me to the end of the eight minutes to yeah. get your payday. Yeah. What I like about the content you started creating, and like you said, the Casey Neistats, the Pete McKinnons, um, is they just make me want to watch it to the end. And I might come away with it with actual no real knowledge, but I feel like I've gained something by watching it. Mm. Um, even if it's like for me, reverse engineering. I love reverse engineering Casey Neistat's it's content. Just, uh, if any, nobody's ever seen it, if nobody's seen his stuff, I, you know, I guess you'll put a link in the description yeah. to this, but it is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, and then he's Neistat, N-E-I-S-T-A-T. And you know, I genuinely, because he produced a video lately where he was saying that he's now returned back from LA. Yeah. They now moved back. Him and Candice have moved back to New York. And I was genuinely like, yes, because yeah. he's back on it again, having had a, like a hiatus from doing YouTube. He's now back in his original studio, and I was like, I am chuffed to bits because yeah. it is like there's there's so much rubbish on terrestrial TV or Sky TV or yeah. satellite TV. YouTube is where you can really you can have your bespoke channel of stuff that you yeah. love. And in my channels, there are the nice stats and stuff like that. And it's just, that's TV that I choose to watch and I know it's good. Exactly. That was, I think it was, it might be one of the streaming channels, but they were talking about like back in the day, um, and this, this will travel transcontinental. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up watching Dallas, <laughs> was a massive thing. Weekly yeah. at Dallas, who shot JR, all the things that went there. And and there'd be things like the episode where JR got shot had 20 million viewers. It was like the most watched episode of something at a time. Now, like people people on people on YouTube get 20 million views just for posting. All right, granted because we had this conversation about when we started the podcast, we were comparing our downloads to views on youtube yeah and yeah, it, yeah. you can't compare no, no, it it's a different because thing, totally. a cat a cat falling off the back of a sofa can get 50 million views and our podcast will get a thousand downloads do you know, do you know just put it in there the, the annoying thing sometimes about youtube is that exact thing where you can script out <laughs> yeah. prepare do a video edit it anything i'm so happy with that and you'll get good viewing numbers and then i know there's a there's a certain i don't even know what their names are but this one guy produces short videos like youtube shorts yeah. on on youtube obviously and it's always him who you never see on camera but his girlfriend who is attractive blonde hair girl they're both in america and it'll be things like the title of the video will be i called her her mother's name right and you'll play the video and it'll be he'll f be following his girlfriend around in the supermarket over yeah. in the states whatever and he'll go um so what do you think of this here then uh, jenny and the girl will stop and go, what did you call me? Did you call me Jenny? That's my mum's name. No, no, I didn't call you Jenny. You called me Jenny. And they have this argument, yeah. which I probably think is fake. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that is it. That is the video. 1.5 million views in like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Uh, you saying that, there's, there's, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this trend now, is there will be a video on social media where it will be um, this this guy is going to call out his cheating girlfriend or 
We found this, yeah, I know exactly we what found you're this safe. About, yeah. You'll never guess what's inside it. Yeah. And they make you, they laboriously drag this out. And at the end of like 10 minutes, you think, oh, I wonder if they're going to find a million pounds. Only in the last very few seconds of the video do they open it and there's nothing in there. Yeah. Or the cheat, apparently the thing like, oh, he's going to call her out for cheating. It's the same couple. And these people are consuming these videos. There, there was these one recently, mate. There was so one recently, money. and it was like, there was people on a train, uh, and this guy sat there. I think he was like an American serviceman. And he sat yeah. on this train, and right above him, where you've got like the overhead luggage compartments, like you would on a plane. This, yeah. this particular train, it might have been a plane, but right above his head, all of a sudden, the one the hatch opens. Somebody comes by, opens the hatch, which has all been planned, and there's a woman in the overhead above this American serviceman. Now, the story, according to the title of the video, is that's his wife, and he's coming back off tour. He hasn't seen her for a year, and it's like, oh, man, how will he react? It was the yeah. title. And she's doing all this stuff above his head, knocking his head, doing this, dropping stuff on him. And he's like, for the whole minute or two of the video, he's like looking around going, what's that? What's that? Not once does he ever look up. Yeah. And she's looking back at the camera going, What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? It's my like, God, that is crazy? so fake. Because if anything that landed on my head, yeah. while I was sat on a chair, I'd look up and say, yeah. where did that come from? But he doesn't do it. And it's like, oh man, that is so fake. Yeah, and then, which goes back to the thing you said is, as content creators, you're trying to make content that's relevant and you're putting it out there. And then this rubbish <laughs> is earning thousands and thousands of pounds because lowest common denominator, people are like, drawn into what we want. So going back to the Dallas thing, mm. it's like this kind of content, these channels that are coming up, these people creating regular content, yeah. is being consumed more than television. Oh and yeah. Aside from binge watching something on Netflix, which mm. if you th think about it, it's become the norm. We just watch a whole series. Mm. I'm, I'm watching Game of Thrones at the moment. I can, I can watch a whole lot back to back. Right. Um, back in the day, we watched it weekly. So now with YouTube, you can just go on and actually watch kind of like almost short TV shows. My daughter is obsessed with this YouTube channel of this Australian family. And it's a mum and dad, and I think maybe they've got three or four kids. Mm. And they film everything they do, going to the shops, going on holiday, going out. And it just seems like the kids are always misbehaving, always up to no good, or mm. pulling pranks, um, things going wrong, always arguing. And all I ever hear off her phone is this high-pitched squealing of these kids just... And it's so fake. That sounds like a... This a, family, a, I think, are millionaires. Probably. It sounds like a more up-to-date version of what we used to watch with At Home with the Osbournes. Yeah, which I loved that, yeah. and that was that was then, wasn't it? Ozzy Osbourne, Sharon Osbourne, that yeah. was that was life then. Yeah, but now I think yeah, people are now the reality. There's so much more fakeness, if that's yeah. such a word. That uh, that's exactly it. it. It's over. It's a fake reaction, mm. and so again, it goes back to the kind of content you want you want to consume yeah. on YouTube is the clickbait stuff. You always get the clickbait, um, but there's an there's an element to it because our emails we send out. Uh, YouTube thumbnails. You don't want it to be too clickbait, but it's important to get the 
like you're you're going through an evolution of thumbnails at the moment. Mm. You're you're researching it. You're looking at even what thumbnails work. Yeah. And how the how what image is enough to pull the person in? Then what the description is enough to make people want to click and play well, your it. Your thumbnail on your YouTube videos, daft as it sounds, is like the equivalent of the movie poster for the next movie yeah. that's going to be out. That you look at that movie poster and go, "Cool, that looks good." Yeah. I know it's not quite the same, you know. Level, if you like, but it, it's 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 designed for the same purpose of making you want to see what it is. Yeah, so. and I consume. I would say now, thinking about my viewing habits, I probably consume more short form content yeah. than I do television. And yeah, when I, I say television, I mean streaming services. And yet, my streaming services took over my television, mm. and I actually don't watch television anymore. Even though we've got Virgin. Um, so do you have to pay a TV licence? Yes. Do you really? Yeah, and that was a big thing at the moment. With, with people streaming, yeah. it's become a bit of a grey area because more people are... There's more content on streaming channels that's specifically made for streaming channels. There's this, So for those listening in the UK, we have to pay this licence that's only for one channel, BBC. Mm, mm. British Broadcasting Company is kind of owned by us, the citizens, because we pay a licence fee and that money goes towards the programming. And in return, we don't get commercials. But they actually, we do get commercials because we get adverts for other BBC shows. But you know, as I understand it then, mate, I, I was led to believe that you don't have to pay the licence fee if what, you, if what you're watching isn't, live. isn't what's, be, well not necessarily live, but isn't what's being put out on that TV at that time. So if you watch like the iPlayer version of it because yeah. you're, you know, you're busy or whatever and then you watch it then, then you're not watching it whilst it's streaming at no. the time. So you don't pay license but But now I'm seeing things where they're saying, no, if you watch any live TV, even if it's not BBC, right. you still need license. But yeah. But we we consume we consume more content on our devices. Yeah. We, we can create it on our devices. Mm. We consume it on our devices. It's almost now with the new file format, like 1080 by 1920. Mm. When you think about how we... Um, don't, don't shoot vertical video. Yeah. And how, now, <laughs> oh, don't shoot vertical. Look how we consume content on our phone. Mm. We hold our phone vertically and our viewing habit is our thumb. We slide up with our thumb. We hold it in the hand. We yeah, slide yeah. up, slide up, slide up. Pause, slide up, save. Mm. Um, and yet, when we think about how we watch television, we watch it horizontal, mm. um, with landscape mode, mm -hmm. and then we consume mobile content, portrait. And now, I think someone said, unless it's changed, even Instagram is now going to be a 1080 by 1920 format for images, which is going to change photography on that platform because uh, think about landscape and you go out and you've got to shoot all your landscape only in portrait you're going to miss a lot of stuff than well, that, if you went landscape but that's where things like Vero which I really do hope it's now it seems like it's seconds chance out there yeah. I do hope it does pick up because with Vero you're not restricted to you know the crop that the app dictates you can put it in and people can 
you know, zoom to it and move it around. Oh, really? Look it. So, oh. yeah, and the, the quality of the images on Vero, when you upload them, are, they remain really good. Yeah. So you don't have to crop your portrait to be a square or to be a portrait-orientated thing. It can be whatatever you want, yeah. and you can zoom in and move it around and stuff like that So well. what is Vero? Vero I'm not is... On it I, I went on it when it came out, and I'm not on it. I don't even know if I've... I guess you'd say yeah. that Vero is a social media platform designed for, I'll say photographers, but creatives really, or people yeah. who just like to consume content without the negativity that comes with things like Instagram, yeah. with the adverts, because there's no adverts on it. The closest thing to it is old school Instagram, photo only yeah, Instagram it, it with was, no it, ads. Yeah, it was, it's basically, with obviously modern day enhancements to it, but it's how we remember Instagram when Instagram was good. Yeah. Unlike now, when it, it is literally like, it's like, for, for me, it's like having a magazine that I don't have to pay for when I'm just getting a, just a load of adverts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It really is. In, Insta-talk. Well, it is. It's, yeah, yeah. And no matter how many times you say, you know, click here, the relevant, advert's not relevant, yeah. it, they always come back. I know. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. weird because that was something, uh, there were two things I, compla- I, I was complaining about the other day. Um, that happens all every day. Mm. Well, the way I'm consuming content, there's two things that irritate the hell out of me. <laughs> that's almost making me kind of back off from watching some of the content, like taking a break from how much I'm consuming. Mm. And that is now forced ad watching. Like on YouTube, you used to do five seconds, skip ad. Now you have to watch a 30 second ad of something. And then when the second ad kicks in you might only watch it for 12 seconds or you have to wait before you can do the skip ad so yeah you're watching for the other thing is how many times do i have to click a button every time i go to a website that i'm consenting to cookies the idea of me consenting to cookies is saying i allow cookies so when i go back why am i having to consent again oh i don't know and yeah. that ruins my internet experience. Yeah. It's, it's a first world problem, it's a second of my life. Yeah. But it it doesn't make, if you want me to consume the content, they have to find a way to get overcome this cookie thing. Yeah. Because it kind of drives me, it fills the whole screen and I don't, I don't and, they're, and they're getting really clever now because it should say, reject cookies yeah. or accept, accept cookies. Yeah. Now it's, I'm okay with it. Yes, I want to continue reading or manage my settings rather than no cookies. So now it's like, oh, yeah, if you don't want the cookies, click here because you've now got to go to a web page where you've got to go through a whole list of things you consent to. We know you're not bothered, so we're going to con you now into accepting <laughs> the cookies. So that and the ads, mm. I wonder how far that's going to get pushed before we're like American TV where it's an ad every I don't, five I don't minutes. know as it'd be like that. I mean, YouTube, you know, I'm only going to... I'm only going to sort of rave about YouTube it's how it's because monetized. I know, yeah, it's exactly how it's yeah. monetized. And it's, of course, you've got the YouTube premium, but do people really want to pay for another subscription just to remove adverts? And some yeah. people say, well, it's great because it's changed my experience of watching YouTube. Or get an ad blocker. Or I get an ad blocker. But just, is it, I'm saying this now when we're in September, recording this September 2022. Yeah. You know, a year's time I might be saying something slightly different. But, it's not a big deal, is it? Really, it's nothing to worry no. about. You know, it's no hassle. Just watch, you know, watch a video. It's the way I Most adverts on YouTube, it's it's not that often. It's only when a video is of a certain length that you can then, you know, click off it or whatever. Yeah. 
but the adverts on YouTube, and I know this as somebody who uploads regularly to YouTube, is if there's adverts or not, is purely down to the person who's creating that content. Right. Because you can actually decide, do you want to monetize this video? Yeah. If you do, then that means it's going to be showing ads. And those ads could be all kinds of different you know, could be ad, for a the, holiday the, or well, the ads could play at the start, at the very at the very start of the video, and at the very end of the video. Or are they skippable ads? Right. Or are they those tiny little banners that appear up that the second they appear, you can delete to get rid of them, carry on watching? Doesn't ruin your experience at all. Yeah. So, as a content creator, you can do that. And I, was, I guess you could say, if it infuriates you that much, get in touch with the person whose channel that you like and just say. Is there any chance when you're doing a video about X, Y, Z that maybe you don't have the, the adverts that do that part? Yeah. I don't know. Would I Would I but, change it? But if it's, your, if, you, if, it's, if your business model is making money from YouTube, the money that a big part of the monetization is the ads. Of course it is. Um, yeah. That's just the way that things yeah, are. If the yeah. ads are relevant, I mean, I'm awful because, I'm, because I love marketing. I dread to think how much money I've spent because an advert got me. And what I do like is I like the algorithm. I like that the the ads I see are things I do buy. I like that it's aimed at me. So I'd like the ads to be more aimed at things I, I can honestly buy. say, I, I don't think any advert that I've seen, I'm talking about TV now, I'm not talking about YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It, it never makes me want to buy something because as soon as advert comes on TV in a commercial break, I make up tea. You turn, I turn the volume off. Yeah. I don't listen to them. I'm like, la, 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 la. Do you know I'm not interested. Or yeah, you walk out of the room to go make a cup of tea or whatever, you know, so I don't, and it's all, and I've been noticed as well when it's those products. It's always we asked, you know, we, yeah. uh, was it forty-one percent of three hundred ninety-one people that we asked? There's never an even <laughs> no. number. Do you know what I mean? They think I know these viewers are so stupid that if we say it's an odd number, that means yeah. it's more believable. If you want to see some science <laughs> into that, Google Dave Gorman, and Dave Gorman does a whole thing about oh, really? that with advertising. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'll have to look at um, then. Yeah. I was going to say, it was something to do with your content. Um, oh, it'll come back to me in a minute. Oh, oh we can, no, we... I know what it was. Was Are you now at a point where you, over the next six months, because mm -hmm. I don't think you've done it now, mm -hmm. but do you think you'll end up being in a point where you are actually making ads for your content that will play in other people's content? Because I know... When I'm watching content that I've specifically looked for, I'm seeing ads. But there's a guy called Will Patterson, mm. really, really friend, great lad, brilliant designer. I'm seeing ads for his YouTube channel mm. in other YouTube channels, mm. in other content I'm watching that's making me go, actually go, oh, oh, great, I want to go and watch that video when I'm done. I don't know. Yeah, I don't click on it there and then because I don't want to come away from the content yeah. I originally wanted to watch yeah 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 but I, I do think though you might find in within the next six months you're Maybe. creating ads for your own content that will be played on other people's content yeah but if you're creating the ads then you're paying for those ads to be put out aren't you so if it's something like say YouTube you're paying for an ad to go out onto YouTube for people to come to your YouTube for you to get paid it's which is kind of like reimbursing you what you're paying out to pay for the ad it's like yeah Unless more people come to Unless more people come to your channel, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm going to say, never say never, and yeah. I don't know because I remember, I don't know when did Lightroom Mobile come out? 
I remember sitting in the audience seeing Lightroom Mobile thinking, well, I don't, I don't think I'd ever edit my pictures <laughs> on a mobile device. And now I love editing my pictures <laughs> on a mobile device. So I'm not going to fall into that trap of saying, no, never, no, I don't know. I don't know is the simple answer. Yeah. I know, um, I said, I, I've said this week in the time we've been here, um, looking at the iPad as a device, and you know, I've said before, Apple, mm. PC, whatever. Mm. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. But on the iPad, it's how much content do I make on the iPad that is fit for purpose? Because we've mm -hmm. talked about that fit for purpose yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm still not in a position where the iPad for me is final content. No, for me it will be when when Mac OS can be on the iPad. Yeah. And, and also, I was going to say, I, I've downloaded Illustrator and Photoshop for the iPad. Right. I've not used either of them in anger at all. Um, have you actually used them though to have a play? With I them? have used them. I play. I did a tutorial on Photoshop Mobile for Photoshop Music Magazine a while ago, but I was I was making a tutorial on how to do a workaround to just to just to get a drop shadow on some text. Yeah, but you know what? That's now. Yeah. You, know, you wait. I mean, look how. I think when Photoshop, mobile has changed and Photoshop's now gone onto browser, web browser, I'd be more inclined to go to the web browser version of Photoshop on my iPad because I'll get the experience that's more like a desktop. Right. Um, well, I find the app not as intuitive because my brain is used to 25 years of using Photoshop and mm. 20 years or ever long of using Illustrator since it became the main I, I I look forward to the day that those those apps are really good and stuff yeah. on, on the uh, I'd love InDesign iPad. to be on the iPad yeah I think I would probably use a version of InDesign because that's like my my tool I love yeah um but yeah even you know content creation you could effectively create a damn good video and edit it and publish amazing, it amazing. straight off your mobile phone. Yeah, there's straight so off much you can do. I love the I love the mobile version of Lightroom. Really good. Something I did the other day, and we've probably gone off topic here, but well, it's just yeah. in my head anyway. Yeah, I was just chatting. But I I tend to use a combination of Lightroom Classic and Lightroom. The two of those are actually something I use together. Yeah. Because there's things in the in Lightroom that aren't in Lightroom Classic. So let's, for example, you've got your presets. You can go mm. to Develop Module, you've got your presets, and you'll have cinematic, you'll have subtle, smooth, all that kind of stuff. But if you use Lightroom version, you can then click on those, and there's a section where it then drags in even more of those presets in that particular genre. Oh, so right. it drags them in from the cloud. And when you see one, you think, now I like that one, and underneath it says, show more like this. You click on it, it then goes to the cloud and brings in even more versions of it. So one thing I kind of played around with the other day was, because I at the moment, I at the time of recording this, and I shoot with mm. Sony RAW files, 61 megapixels. If I just dragged that 61 megapixel RAW file into a cloud, uh, into a library, which was synced with mobile, like with mobile, it takes a while, mm. you know, because we live in Devon, internet's good, but it ain't <laughs> that good. It takes a while for that to go up to the Lightroom Cloud to sync for me to see it in Lightroom to then make some changes for then that to sync back to Lightroom Classic and carry on. But what I did find was if I right click on that thumbnail in Lightroom Classic and create a virtual copy, then put that in that cloud, bang, that's up there straight away. Wow. And then I do the edits to it, carry on doing the edits, bring that back into Lightroom Classic and just sync 
the first one with the second, you know, the light. Yeah. Sync the virtual copy settings onto the original image I was working on. It's just, it's seconds. So I, I no longer, I see that's something I thought, now that's a workaround, that's quicker. Yeah. Send the virtual cloud, sorry, the virtual image up to the Lightroom cloud version. Yeah. Do the bits, bring it back nice and quick, put it back onto the original. Thank you very much. It's like, oh, hello. That's, yeah. there's, some, there's some mileage oh, in hello. that. There's some mileage in that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is all about getting that workflow that's not just more accessible and mobile, but also quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and doing that, I found at the moment, I'm going to do some more testing with that, but a virtual copy going up to it, like you said, never say, never say never. Absolutely we, not, we, we'll man. sit here saying this annoys me, that annoys me, I wouldn't do that. Uh, in a year, we'll be going, oh my God, I love doing this. Yeah, I, I am I'm genuinely, I love, I love the tech. I mean, at the moment, you know, where we are, there's, there's a lot of AI, talk of AI at the moment with Dali and that other one, which I've forgotten again yeah. the name of it now, but I know that Unmeshed in the... Is it a Project good, something? Project something, they did a great video on it. it Dali, yeah. No, no, Dali's no, the one, um, but, but anyway, Unmeshed Dinder, yeah. uh, Dinder, picks in perfect, did a video on it, it's called The Last Selfie on Earth or something, and that's had ridiculous amounts of views, <laughs> but great video showing that particular stuff. And love it or hate it, AI's got its place. You know, it really has got its place. Again, going back to Project Shasta, it's AI. I'm really excited about it. I mean, we've got AI now within Lightroom with presets. You know, you can it, you can choose, you can create a preset that involves a sky selection, right? And do some alterations to it, and then you can bring any other kind of image into it. Click on that preset, and because that preset can includes a sky selection, it won't just create the same selection as what that preset was originally made on it will then reanalyze the image and do a new selection for the sky and then apply the stuff. It's like, that's really clever. Yeah, do you remember, I don't know if you were at that Adobe Max or not, but we were talking about the things that come up in sneaks. Mm. And there was one that didn't really come out, but I'm sure parts of the technology have appeared, like neural filters. Mm -hmm. um, they did the thing where they were saying, our, our Sensei technology is so good you can put a photograph of a sky skyscrape of a city mm. in the daytime and tell it to be nighttime. Yes, yeah. and it would process it and look at billions and billions of images to see that's how right, the lighting changed. Yeah, I think that's kind of in neural filters now. I think that technology is in there because you can do tr style transfer. You can do the like yeah, the sky yeah, replacement yeah. works. So I think while it never really could be an an out and out one off thing. I think that Adobe Sensei, Sensei now has had years and years and years of, of looking at our behaviour because it mm. looks at what we do. Mm. I, and it is so clever now that there will come a time where I think somebody put, will we end up having to have made by humans as a, as a thing? Because that AI stuff is actually really good. There are a lot of kind of um, abstract art people mm. who create that kind of art off their own back in Photoshop and, and that, where this AI stuff is actually coming at, coming into Yeah, it. there how has to be, I don't know how you do police it, but I, don't, I know there is some organisation that have said that they've now banned the use of AI-generated artwork on their website or something like that. I can't yeah. remember exactly the story behind it, but how do you police it? Because you talk about compositing. I think, a friend, again, a friend of mine called Stuart, he's been doing quite a lot of stuff with this project something or other, whatever mm. it's called, He's producing some amazing stuff, and he did one the other day. And he's obviously typed the keywords he's typed in have been to do with putting a, a composite of a supercar in this place, yeah. and it's come back. And 
it's actually a really good composite. Now, Stuart didn't make the composite, he's, he's put the words in to have that image created. Yeah. How do you police that with people saying, I, I didn't do that, Yeah. this did that. Now, a prime example again, was I think, did we mention this the other night? You know, like the, the neural filters in Photoshop, yeah. where you've got the colorizing of grayscale yes. images. retouching, where restoration. What was really interesting, when that neural filter was suddenly available, all of the, you know, you started to see quite a few people, that flurry of pictures being posted of black and white images then being colorized. And there were a lot of people posting, and that is a sweeping statement, but I did see that, yeah. where people saying, oh, I've just, you know, look at this new image, I've colorized, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know that was done with that neural filter because all of a sudden it's available a and then all of, of a sudden there's a lot of it going on. It's like, just be honest, John. Yeah. It, it kind of, just say where you've got to it To it's my mum, my mum doesn't know what Photoshop does. No. So a lot of people sit and go, oh my God, that's amazing. Now, I yeah. kind of feel, going back to kind of with the Shasta stuff, mm. I, th I think the thing I f sort of feel not bad for but it'll be interesting to see how the evolution of this happens is like we know people who's for years their business has been photo restoration yeah they and they they approach it with photoshop and mm. with the tra very traditional methods probably a little bit more intense i mean the, the the kind of the automatic gives a broad brush of kind of what it could look like yeah but i know these true restoration try to look at source imagery to make yeah. sure the colors are right mm. um i hate the thought that the people who really do it for a living and really put the time and effort in will kind of get pushed aside because there's such a an influx of um people creating content using these apps these little yeah. things that suddenly that becomes the new norm, and yeah, people yeah. won't get work because they'll be like, "Well, why am I paying you this? I can." I, I think, I yeah, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying because you have I think to justify the quality that, of the result. You know, if you, if you think of like, let's say, for example, I'll use my mum as an example. Yeah. If she gave somebody a picture that she wanted, wanted, you know, to be colorized, a, a grayscale image to be colorized, if somebody ran it through the neural filter and it did it, and it was an okay job, she'd be happy with that because yeah. she wouldn't know what else to expect. Yeah. But there are people, like you say, who who are incredibly good at it. And I will mention Deb. Yeah. You know, Deb, that we know, that does photo restoration. She is somebody that will take the time to look at the colours correctly and do that. Yeah. And she does an incredible bit of work. There may be the my mom kind of clients that would fall away at the wayside. Yes. But there will always be those clients who want it done to that high end. Now, that's at this time as we're talking yes. about this. Because... What's being produced on that neural filters is already good. What's it going to be like in a year, two years, five mm. years? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This stuff is, is at the moment, is the worst it will ever be. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's the worst yeah. it'll ever Even be. Even Photoshop for me. Mm. Like, I'm doing classes on how to, uh, on Tuesday at the photography show, I'll be doing a class on how to get your images social ready in Photoshop. Mm. Or people can go to Canva. And Canva's got all the social templates set up, drag and drop, drop them in. It creates your banner for your website. No one's going to know how it, how and where. But it's what's to be say made. there couldn't be a, a filter in, say, something like Photoshop? Yeah. That because it's connected to the the cloud and the sensei, 
when these uh, social media platforms like the Facebooks, the Instagrams, whatever, maybe change the dimensions, it takes those feeds in, updates their settings, you drag and drop your images onto this filter and bang, it produces them into a folder. There's your Facebook one, there's your Instagram, yeah. there's that one. What's to say that won't happen? Yeah, even in InDesign, I think it's only in InDesign, but when you drag a picture into a frame mm. in an InDesign document, there's a little button you can click in the top that Sensei will work out the most important part of the image mm. to fit in the crop you've allowed it. So if it was a, like a wide image, but you've asked for a square frame, it will reposition the image to what it thinks is the most wow. important part of the photo. Now, if that was coming to Photoshop, like you said, and you could like click this thing, or there was this filter that would take your image and automatically place it into the frame sizes through Sensei, knowing which is the core part of the... Now, when I show it on Tuesday, I've got a picture from Iceland off Adobe Stock mm. that's got some boats and a bit like a mountain houses. So I'm having to do it manually. Now, people will want to do it manually, but the, like you said, your mum's just going to see it and go, oh my God, that looks amazing. Yeah. So Canva, Adobe Creative Cloud Express, then they're, to go all the way full circle to where we started, mm. is it's making... The regular people who don't know Photoshop, Illustrator and InDesign, it's giving them a chance to make themselves content mm. that's suitable for what they want, that they're not going to sweat over, they're not going to worry about it. It produces the thing they need for what they do and, uh, and they haven't but there will always be there will always be the need for what we have currently in Photoshop, the yeah. manual side of doing stuff in Photoshop, because yes. there will always be the need for that creative, live yeah. creative input to say, I want it done this particular way. There will, uh, there will always be yeah. this need, he says. Who knows? Who knows what's coming, you know? <laughs> well, it's like suits. You can go and get a bespoke suit from, uh, was it, um, what's the road in London? Ta uh, Savile Row. Savile Row. Yeah. You can go to Savile Row and get a suit made, or you can go to Tesco, Walmart <laughs> and buying off the peg suit. Mm. Still a nice suit. You could look good in it. One's a thousand pounds. One's fifty quid. So Savile Row for a thousand pound suit. Are you joking? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the silk tie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, and and even today, Savile Row still does business and yeah, Tesco still does, does business. Yeah. There's yeah, a market yeah. for everybody. And I think when you're at one end of the scale, it's very easy to be snooty and look at the other end of the scale like it's worthless and tacky but actually at that other end that person who's just started using Shasta or just started using Adobe Creative Cloud Express like oh I quite enjoy making mm. this I wonder how much further I can take it oh audition oh I'd like to learn more about this mm. I'd like to be be able to do a little bit more Photoshop to talk about or Illustrator to talk about I'm, I'm talking Adobe product mm. So I, I think that the, the good thing, the place for it is it gives people a nice, easy starting point. They might never progress past that, mm. but why shouldn't they be allowed to use those tools? But I, I find it, that, well, you're right, they sh why shouldn't they be? But I don't, I don't in any way feel threatened by the way things, in fact, if anything, I feel excited yeah. about what it does because I know that the technology that, that is currently there at the moment helps me to create more stuff because yeah. it takes the stress and the strain out of the menial tasks in a way. Yeah. It, you know, like, I mean, look at the selection stuff now. 
yes, it's great to say, oh, I know how to use this that, and the other. But if I listen, if I can get it done quicker by you know something being sent up to the cloud, analyzing it, bringing it back, lots yeah. of select objects and all that kind of stuff, it's like bring it on. Yeah. Because content you know, aware. Yeah, I'm not being. I don't. I don't have clients, but I'm not being paid. If I was, I'm not mm. being paid by a client saying. Oh yes, thank you very much for creating that picture. There's the payment for doing the initial selection that you did, yeah. and uh, here's the here's the payment for the final image. No, they're paying for the final image. How yeah. I got how I got that, they don't give a damn. Yeah. They're no. paying for output. They're paying for output. Yeah. If I can use stuff that helps me to create that output quicker, easier, that doesn't replace my my mental input and my, no. my creativity on that. If anything, it enhances it. And it but, frees it up. <laughs> I said to someone the other day at work about uh, exactly about that was that thing of that's cheating. Oh no, that coming out that's cheating. I said, why are we so? Why do we come down so hard on cheating in technology, where in our day to day life we buy gadgets that electric can opener, mm. right? We have no we have no issue in buying electric can opener. We have no we have no we buy grated cheese in a bag so we don't <laughs> have to grate it. Yeah. We cut corners in life. Like there the will place. always be, there will, no matter what, there will always be the people that look, um, not, you know, they don't look favourably upon these kind of advances. Yeah. Because let's face it, there are people who, sh who you know, years ago shooting film, then the digital camera, then the digital camera yeah. came in and they, they looked distastefully towards the people that are using digital cameras and that will never take on. Mm. Now, because it makes it easier. No, no, it doesn't. You know, the, you know, I'm sure, you know, people like the Annie Leibovitzes, the Joe McNally's of this world and whatever, you don't think that just because it's a digital camera means it makes the taking the, you know, the thought behind the picture yeah. and everything like that, the composition easier. It doesn't at all. It's just an advancement in the tool that they use for doing yeah. what's <laughs> in there. Imagine Joe head, trying to know? do one of his shots with those old wet 19, 1800 westerns flashes, yeah, like yeah. the box with the flame. There, that there'll always on. be that. I mean, I've had, you know, like lighting, okay? I love to use off camera lighting with portraits and stuff mm. like that. But even with that, you will get the occasional comment from somebody who says, I, oh, you know, I don't use off camera, I use off camera flash, I'm a natural light shooter. Yeah. Like it's better to do that. It's like, well, no. You know, you can still do that, and there is also the choice to use off-camera lighting. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean to say that you're in any way superior to me, and you I'm inferior to you. It's just a different way of doing things. Photography is light, whether you use natural or off-camera. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, the, the, so there will always be that, you know, that other side that don't agree with stuff. Yeah. But if you're always going to think, you know, are they are these people still driving around in cars with square wheels? <laughs> You know, car, a horse and car, a horse and car, yeah. or or a car with a guy running in front with a white flag. So it's not. Do you know what I mean? Move with the times. Yeah, it's, it's it's creative progression. I guess it's it's we. If you don't move with the times, mate, you're the one that's going to be stuck there because the times are moving on anyway. Yeah. So it's either embrace it or just stay where you are. Yeah. And beautiful thing going all the way back to content creation mm. is when something new comes out. It's the ability to create something about that thing. Yeah, if that's what you do, which is kind of like yeah. what I do, you know, if there's product updates reviews. to software, product it, reviews um, and stuff. Is like it Marcus that. Brownlee or? Oh, yeah. So his channel is MKBHD. Yeah. An amazing, amazing YouTube channel that is it, just this guy. Ever since he was a kid, he's produced videos doing tech stuff. And yeah. He, he's like, if you, want, if you want to know the ins and outs of stuff, the practical 
good things and bad things about a new piece of kit or and it's not limited to just software and computer stuff it can be cars it can be anything yeah his is the channel to go to and he has got i don't know has he got 20 million followers something like that yeah he's amazing he's a it's very very good engaging content yeah and it's a good way of seeing progression in technology yeah. without you needing to buy it yeah but to understand where it currently is gives you the ability to kind of weigh what you know and what you understand versus what's out there mm. so that you can evolve into that mm. or just having the knowledge of knowing well, okay, there is a quality here, there's a quality graph um, that goes from one end to the other, that I think it's just good to be up to date with it mm. and understand where you fit in that. And there's, there's no right or wrong. It, no, there's no right or wrong, but I, I just, yeah, I, I am definitely for it. I'm definitely for progression in how things are advancing because I know that my kit, as we explained a while back, has got less and less and less yeah. and less, and that's just been a real bonus to me. It's going to get even less because my filming kit is is going to be. I, I intend. To, I'm going to give it a good try to see how I get on. The, my my video kit is going to be the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Right. Because that is incredible. Look again. I know we've mentioned him a few times. Peter McKinnon. You know, he mm. did a recent video talk. He did a photo shoot with a Canon R5, I believe. It with was. the watch. With the watch. Yeah. the watch on it, and then the iPhone Pro Max. And he's doing the start of his video, great engaging video. And I don't think it wasn't until maybe ten minutes or so into the video you realise what he's doing. That he's doing his talking head bit, and then he goes, "Oh, and by the way, this is all now being filmed with the iPhone 14, and it hasn't been since the start." And you're like, <laughs> "But it looks like the Canon that you're normally or something. It's an R3, let's say that you normally do this video." I thought you were using that. Yeah. And you can see when you look at the comments, people are going, "No way!" If you hadn't said you were using the iPhone to do this filming, I wouldn't have known any difference. No. It is just insane, insanely good. Now, the great thing about me using, you know, kit like my iPhone or um, a GoPro Hero 10 or a DJI Pocket 2, which I don't use so much now, mainly the GoPro Hero 10 for B-roll footages, I can give that to somebody that's not into all the technicals. Mm. I can say, can you just do that and point it at me here and then just move around a bit? Place, you know, case in point, my wife. My yeah. wife is a huge help for me to do filming out on location. And she loves it because I give her a GoPro and she stands there. The footage is great. And she's, I've, I've seen her developing what she yeah. does. She's getting creative, moving up and down and coming in and stuff. And, and then when she sees the footage on my final video and she watches it on the smart TV at home, she's going, I did that bit, I yeah. did that bit. <laughs> but there's no way, and this is no disrespect to her, that I could have said to her, right, Right, and I'm going to go out and do a film in this park over here. Right, here's the Sony FX3. What I need you to do is make sure the focus... Yeah. Block. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. again, it's having that kit that is more than capable of producing good content. I can give it to somebody who's not so geeky, if you like, yeah. as me, that can, she can still produce great content. Yeah, and the from the pricing point... Because I know a lot of people go, oh, you know, yeah, the, the iPhone's so expensive. It's like 1,500, 1,500 pounds, like 1,500 pounds for a mobile phone. It's, like, it's no, not a mobile phone. No, it's not phone. my phone. It's, it's a create content creation center. It's a damn good video camera. It's a damn good camera. It's, it gives me ability to create, use apps, amazing apps from the app store. Mm -hmm. um, it's my mobile office. I can access my email, my, my external drives, everything. Yeah. It is like an addition to my MacBook Pro. I, I'm really excited about getting the iPhone 14. Yeah. I really am. 
I've held off upgrading from the last three versions. I've, I'm still only using the iPhone 11, which is yeah. great. Most of the B-roll footage on my stuff, when people see like me filming my office overhead stuff on my desk yeah. or outside, is my iPhone. At no point has anybody said, oh, the quality dropped then yeah. without using something else. You just cannot tell. Yeah. But I know, because I've seen you've got the 13. I've got the no I've got 12. 12 and I've seen the footage on the 12 now the jump from the footage 11 to 12 I've seen you I'm like that's just fantastic so for me to go from the 11 to 14 yeah it's gonna be like wow to be able to shoot 4k yeah 4k 60 frames a second silky smooth yeah. it's like wow yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to it because I know that's going to be easier content for me when you think of the old handheld with the little so video, video cassettes that had that flickering yeah, thing and yeah, the date yeah. in the yeah. corner. Look yeah. how far we come now. So to finish off, yep. um, question for you okay. is, you know, it's September the 19th. Uh, my birthday was Friday, so 16th, 18th. September 18th. Like we've been to the photography show, you've looked at stuff. Mm -hmm. What's... What's in the next six months for mm -hmm. you, from mm -hmm. where you are to where you want to be? Say what you want to say, because I, I know, can't. I know something. I can't no, but for, all right, let's let's not talk about gear specifically. No, no, but no. from a point of view, your business has changed so much. We are going to do the yeah. episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. What What's your kind of hope for the next six months in what you're doing? Do you have like an, a kind of a, not an end game? No, don't have an end game. But all I know is there are things that I want to make sure that are done uh, over the next six months. Like I know within the next, from when we're recording this now, I know that within four weeks, and this isn't a case of like, he said that before, that I know within four weeks my printing course, which has been delayed a while, will be out. That's yeah. what I'm really looking forward to that because I am genuinely happy with that. Cool. I really am because I just love printing. So there's that. I'm looking forward to pushing more and more and more on my YouTube and getting yeah. better and better with that and creating content and what have you. And then I know we're going to be doing an editor shoot version yes. two, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, 10 years on. 10 years on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the, the, I guess to say, the physical things that I'm looking forward to doing, and I know will happen. There's, there's some personal stuff going on, but I will not say the one thing which I am <laughs> very excited about, but I, am, I get the feeling that over the next couple of weeks or so, depending on when this goes yeah. out, people will start to see something that yeah. they maybe didn't expect. I think maybe you can, on the next episode, like, okay, mention right. something yeah, yeah, about yeah, okay. it. But I will, all I will say is, just keep a very close eye <laughs> on the behind-the-scenes footage of yeah. some videos that appear on my YouTube channel. That will be a very big hint about something that's changing. Did you not realise what I just said? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I, I bet you've used the words, and I've not. All right, okay. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this. No, now, I, I, I won't repeat it. <laughs> but, um, like I said, I'm sure you can on the next episode. All right, okay. Yeah. Very so, good. Um, yeah, 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 we'll talk about it more then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I, I know, I know that, yeah. and I know what a difference some of that stuff's going to be. Yeah. But I think it's good because for, for me, watching your growth, I've known you for 12 years now. Oh, I've seen how much you've changed and then seeing this YouTube content you're creating and how mm. like your business has shifted that's why I wanted to do that episode me Alan and you mm -hmm. with that episode yeah that'd be lovely yeah. of 
explaining the growth, explaining your process, how much time you've now got to spend on it. Because mm. one of the episodes I did with a guy that now includes TikTok as part of his business, yes. and he creates a lot yeah, of content yeah, yeah. for TikTok, for yeah. James Barnard. I need to get the link, actually, for his course. Cool, of course, yeah. I'd yeah. interested in looking at that. Um, and I think for you, I think a lot of people will be interested to see, not how to copy you, but kind of how to... Well, actually, I've got a passion and a love for the for a thing. I'd like to make some content around it. Mm. But I wouldn't call you a photographer anymore. No. You are, I think, I think for the first time ever, haven't you concluded even YouTuber in the description? Yeah, I had that on my, uh, yeah, YouTuber, because, and it's, it's, which is, because there, there is that phrase, content creator. I know Gavin said about that today, didn't he, when he was on stage introducing himself, and he went, content creator and he kind of cringed because it is yeah. that phrase that's like oh no but I don't know what else you would call it I'm not I am not just I'm not just a photographer taking no. portraits because I've moved over to doing the, you know enjoying doing landscapes not because of clients but because no. it's something I'm enjoying and enjoy doing and it's great content yeah. so landscapes drone photography which I absolutely yeah. love drone photography that is just wow that the, the possibilities there are incredible yeah. And it's in, it's all inclusive because you can get people who aren't so able-bodied. It's you know the advantages of drone photography is it means that there's never going to be a point really when they don't no. aren't able to be creative because the drones can still give them that accessibility, yeah. which I think is like an unseen, unseen or unthought of advantage of a drone. Yeah, I think that's just amazing. But I love doing that anyway. Um, and then there's the video side of things, and You're, I mean. The Premiere Pro that you've learned. Oh, I love the it. The After, After Effects. Effects that you've learned. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, audio, music, yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're all the things we, we'll, we'll cover. Yeah, because yeah. It, it's. I mean, it's it's just fun to it's fun to look at. See, how I, I'm probably now as more although I know I've got some. So, uh, when we're recording this now, I've got to, a busy week ahead to finish off some content for a conference that's coming up. But that aside, that's a little bit of pressure there, which I probably yeah. really enjoy doing. But I am the I am I think I'm at the most relaxed point in my whole career, if you like, with what I'm doing, and I'm getting I'm producing more content, and I think better quality content, yeah, and I'm, yeah. and there are the benefits, and all that together, the benefits that come from that are there. You know yeah. what I mean? And I am more relaxed now and enjoying it more than ever before. You look like you're having fun doing it. I am enjoying it more than ever before. I really am, and. It's the last three years. If that, if what we'd all gone through, which has been awful over the last three mm. years, hadn't happened, I don't know if I'd be having the same conversation with you now, because I may still just be the guy that only ever took a portrait. Yeah. But the fact that I've now branched out and I'm enjoying doing other things with my camera, that's yeah. completely turned things on its head. We said, we said earlier head. about the way that when the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, mm. you were kind of probably at the thickest you'd been in your World War Two portraits project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said, that when the pandemic hit, you had your uh, the exhibition started November, it finished yeah. January twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic came came in, and then in that time, what percentage of those veterans did you say you, we've we've lost? I would say if you look back at the footage that we've got there, that the the BBC thankfully filmed of the yeah. exhibition. If you look on the audience of the veterans there. I don't think I'd be exaggerating if I said that three quarters of those veterans are no longer with us. Yeah. So it's, it's not that awful. you didn't want to do it anymore. It's not that you wouldn't want to do it no, anymore. No, no. And that, I, I think, think Anthony, when we were in the bar earlier on, said it. And I think, do you know what? Actually, yeah, you're right. Because um, that veterans project was just the most, it, it, the best thing I've ever done. It really was yeah. for so many reasons. But 
you know, we lost, I lost some very close friends from the, the friends of veterans who became very close yeah. friends. One in particular, Alan Scott. And Anthony said maybe it was the death of Alan Scott that was kind of like the, okay, right, that's where you draw the line. And yeah, I will do, and I have done a couple of veterans portraits yeah. since, but it seemed, without me realising it, he'd maybe opened my eyes to it, that, it, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. That was almost like that, this, this message that came to say, you've done enough. Yeah. Because it, losing Alan was just awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. If Lee Churchill is watching this, I will say thank you for sending yes. that picture over. Because uh, Lee, who's a friend of mine, he went to Goodwood recently and he saw the NHS Spitfire and he sent me a picture of my name on there, which my, my yeah. mom and my brother organised, along with Alan Scott's. And they just happened to be side by side. Yeah, that so was wonderful. See, little things it? like that, you know. It's maybe is maybe that was the time to say okay. Yeah, enough, enough. it's not gone away. It's part no, of, no, 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 part no. of all that you've. But done. that was my all-consuming yeah. effort to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was going all over the place. Every every spare moment I had, it was everything dropped for me to go there. Because if I didn't go when I did, there's a chance that I might not get the chance to because for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. The longer time goes on, the, le the, the less the less opportunities work. Absolutely. It. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, um, but I'm great excited. There's good things ahead. There really yeah. are. I'm excited. Yeah, I and I know some of it, so I'm excited for you. But um, yeah. we'll yeah. call it we'll call it a night now because I think we've gone on probably twice as long as we planned to. <laughs> um, what time is it, Dave? Uh, it's, it's it's Wednesday. <laughs> it's ten to eleven at yeah. night, Dave. So um, yeah, if you stuck to the very end, thank you. I mean, me and Glenn. Once we get going, this is the whole part of have of the joy of having a podcast. Yeah, um, it's nice to actually, this it is, is like uh, going back in time again now. This is nice. Yeah, yeah. this reminds me of a few a few trips we've had. Yeah, yeah. Um, where there were times where we had an episode might have been recorded, but there was probably twice as much content we didn't. We decided not to include. Yeah, but no, it's been great fun, mate. It's been good catching up and Absolutely. having time here. I know you're off in the morning after yeah. the Queen's funeral. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, And I've still got Tuesday at the show. I'm doing the session Tuesday morning. Uh, I really wish I was still around for Tuesday because I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah. So hats off to Johnny Sullins and the team for putting yeah. on another great show. It's been yeah. great. So and I, there yeah. will be some news coming out that we can't mention now, but there will yes. be some news coming out about the photography show. Yeah. Um, which uh, listen out for. Which is good news. Yeah, it's good news. Good news. Very good news. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you to the photography show for supporting the podcast over this past couple of weeks with the time with the show say so we did the live episode today with kaylee mm -hmm. um, which is always good fun <laughs> but uh, yeah for those of you who do still listen to the podcast download and share it and everything we do appreciate it i do appreciate the social media comments and shares and and for the fact that you're still listening to it the numbers are still good so i'm gonna bid you farewell say good night i'm gonna bid you good night yeah good, good night, night. night and uh, we'll, <laughs> we can call it a night in our very Small room. <laughs> it really is a small room. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you. And Cheers, uh, folks. Yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye.